0: How long? How long have you been been doing this?
1: Possibly collecting about forty-five <coughs> years or something like that. You know. How did you start You're off? Originally like? I started off in England.
0: Yeah.
1: I worked in England for a number of years, and I suppose uh, my early interest, really, uh, in, in in radio, particularly, started on the west of Ireland in nineteen forty-seven. The first radio come into our village. Where which radio village was that? That was in near Cross, Malaya. Cross for Lionel Island, where I come from. Yeah. And the first radio come in there in 1947. And of course, it, 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 it was tremendous interest, it created tremendous interest in the village because there was no electricity at that time and it was worked on the wet and dry battery. So this was a magic box for a young fella like me. This was a magic box in the corner you could turn it on and pick up anywhere in the world. Yeah. You know? So that was my, my interest started there, of course. And my parents had come back from America some years earlier and they had bought back a gramophone with them. So we had a gramophone ourselves. But we weren't lucky enough to have a radio.
0: Who, who had the radio in your
1: village? Lamons were the name. They're, they're, they're all gone now. They're all yeah. dead off now. But they were the people that had the radio, got the first radio in the village. Yeah. One, one of the brothers was away in the army and he got injured. Yeah, His leg got injured or whatever, and he may have got some compensation or whatever and bought this radio. So, this was a big thing in our village.
0: Did the neighbours go round?
1: Everybody. Everybody in the village went to hear the radio. But it would be only turned on for special occasions. Like Why is that? Save the batteries. Huh. And the news, particularly. Yeah. It would be turned on for news and for football. They were the two things. For the Gaelic turn- matches. Yeah. The Gaelic matches, yeah. yeah. And that same year was, of course, the first one played outside Ireland. Course, it was the only one played outside Ireland, and in Polo New York, on the yeah. Polo Grounds. Man, that was a big occasion, yeah. you know. And uh, that particular year as well, and, well, actually, in the Polo Grounds, we had a Mayo man there that sang the National Anthem there that day, Jack Feeney. I was playing him there when you come in. Yeah? Yeah, Jack Feeney, he sang the National Anthem. He was a famous yeah. tenor in America yeah. at that time. Yeah. So he sang the national anthem, and the third thing of interest that year for our part of the country was Lockhorn, a horse by the name of Lockhorn, finished second in the Grand National. Yeah, you know. So everybody had a couple of pence on them. So that was another yeah, yeah. That of so the local connection. Absolutely, local connection. Yeah. So this was a magic box. Yeah. That brought us all this.
0: What did you imagine how it worked yourself? The the radio. Did you feel that the because I can remember when I was a child thinking there was little people inside.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And we had uh, one particular old man in the village. They, 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 at, 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 after a couple of years, another uh, family got a radio, which we'd call the Upper Village, but he wouldn't listen to that one because he said there was a woman reading the news and he couldn't understand. Or <laughs> but <it's much> worse. <laughs> <laughs> this news was in English, was it? Pun. Pardon? When news was in english oh absolutely true. in english oh yes oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. everything was english english was a spoken more in our part of the country yeah. Yeah. so of course when i went to the records were very important at that time down in, in the west of ireland because you see gramophone needles were very scarce you couldn't get gramophone needles mm-hmm. and hence the records got worn very easily with the with the yeah, laid yeah. out needles yeah. you know so when i went to <coughs> london in the early 50s 1954 I used to see all those records thrown out for the dustman in the morning. There'd be heaps of 78 records along the pavement because vinyl was about to come in at that stage. Yeah, yeah. And all these records were thrown out on the pavement for the rubbish man or whatever. And I used to say, oh, if only I had those records back home, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: So I suppose that created my interest in the gramophone as well, you know. Yeah. So some years later I started to collect, you know,
0: when, was your first, when did you get your first gramophone?
1: And, and like, your, like your story, like your story, I had quite a few phonographs. I collected quite a few phonographs. But when I moved back to, to Ireland in, in, uh, in the 70s, I sold them off before I came home. Because it was very difficult to get them at that stage, to add to a collection, you know. So all I had at that stage was about one radio and a few gramophones, which I kept. When was this? That was, was this? in the 70s. About 72 or 73. So I just had a couple of radios at that stage. And the gramophones, of course. And I hung out brought them home with me.
0: Now, how Um, do you go about collecting the
1: the stuff? How do I go about collecting it? Well, of course, anywhere and everywhere. Mm -hmm. And nowhere. You'll just be lucky to pick up a thing where you least expect it. People I know... uh, for instance, that sign there, the Dublin Wireless and Gramophone exhibition at the Mansion House back in the thirties. I got that last weekend. Mm. Somebody kept it for me. Yeah. Yeah. And he got it out of the house where you see the lady there, McCasey. Mm. She was an art teacher actually out in Dunleary. And she did up that poster for the mansion house and it's actually painted. That's an original. It's uh, hand painted, original, hand painted. Yeah. And I only got that last weekend. Somebody that knew knows me over the years, and has, I bought pieces off previously. Kept yeah. it for me, you know. So like that, anywhere and everywhere. Is this an expensive hobby? It's a very expensive hobby now. It wasn't an expensive hobby when I started off, because radios were quite cheap, or wirelesses, or crystal sets, or whatever. They were quite cheap at that time but now of course it's impossible to get to get uh, this sort of thing mm. i'll take you over here and, and start over here with you right uh, at the at the beginning of radio if you like yeah. i'll just play you a little piece of the beginning the birth of radio right thanks and of course i suppose it's generally recognized as the birth of radio because it was the first transatlantic broadcast from Canada to Cornwall, or from Cornwall to Canada, if you like. And it was the first time, without wires, that expansive ocean. This is Marconi. Marconi, Marconi, yeah. Mm. And you'll hear uh, you'll hear the story of it here.
0: You're winding up the, the gramophone now, yeah?
1: I'm winding up the old 78 here. And I just explained to you before I play the record, this automatic telegraph receiver here, one exactly like that Marconi used in Canada to pick up the, the radio signals from Cornwall. I <laughs> that, that was lucky to get that, by the way, that record, you know, just yeah. by chance again. Yeah just by chance but it's, it, it tells you where it really all began yeah now uh, radio in Ireland went back before that if you like because one of the one of the earliest broadcasts in radio took place out in Dun Kingstown uh, as it was known then the Kingstown Regatta, and Marconi came over here and demonstrated radio from ship to shore he actually broadcast the results of the the Rigetta out in Kingstown, onto the shore, onto the harbour master's office. And that was one of the earliest broadcasts in the world. And that was in eighteen ninety eight.
0: Yeah.
1: In nineteen hundred and three, in the tower here, in this exact tower, in this Martello Tower. The British government had in charge in Ireland at that stage. And they invited over here to the tower a famous American inventor by the name of Lee de Forest, who was very prominent in America at the time, they invited him over here to broadcast, and he said he would broadcast from the tower here across to Hollyhead. And he did that very successfully in 1903. I have the evidence downstairs. I actually got an original picture of the tower at the time. And the area he had up to broadcast across the Hollyhead. <coughs> at the end of at the end of his broadcast and whatever, he didn't get any contact from the British government because, as it happened, some years later, uh, we I found out the reason why, because in nineteen twelve, in nineteen hundred and twelve there was an inquiry in the British House of Commons as to know how, how all the leading members of Parliament, including Churchill and Lloyd George, had all invested in Marconi shares. So have invested in Marconi shares, they couldn't very well give a contract to Lady Forrest. Mm. So that, that's the official documentation there from the House of Commons at yeah. the time. So then we move on, I suppose. <coughs> in, 19, in 1913... There was a wireless society formed in Dublin, Irish Transmitters Radio, before the Irish Radio Transmitters Society. There was a society in Dublin, the Ireland, uh, Dublin Wireless Society, formed in 1913. With uh, of course, Marconi, uh, Marconi's mother being Irish, uh, it, it created a lot of interest here with the broadcasting in area or whatever. So everybody that had any sort of an apparatus at all that would try and pick up sound, <coughs> the got involved so they formed the uh, the Dublin Wireless Club here in 1913 but of course in 1914 this was all scrapped at the beginning of the war nobody was allowed to have a radio or wireless of any description so they were all confiscated and taken up you? yeah in 1914 uh, so then we go on to 1916 and the rising uh, the Boys with the Rising, I think it was probably James Connolly who set it up, it was across the road from the GPO on the corner of Sackville Street. They had a, 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 a radio there, it would have been Morse at the time. So that went from, uh, I suppose, the GPO across to Sackville Place or whatever. So then were the earliest parts of radio in Ireland, the earliest times that we know of radio in Ireland.
0: Mm. Thank you. Now, tell us about some of these machines you have here. Now, I'll
1: i I'll, I'll I'll start off, I suppose, with the uh, crystal sets. Maybe we've had we had the, the the Wheatstone automatic. We dealt with that just a moment ago. That's the that's the Morse in here. In this case, these are all the Mars receivers and and all types of Mars keys and whatever there. You know. As you can see, you have the Merconegram there, which is the early telegram. You have a a picture there of, that's the famous broadcast in uh, what we described earlier from Cornwall to to, uh, Newfoundland. That's the building in Newfoundland where they were. Now I'll get on to the crystal set. (laughs) The crystal sets are all enclosed here. As you can see, they're mostly small. And they were before electricity or battery. And they were operated on a little stone, crystal stone. And a little wire, which was known as a cat's whisker. And the wire twisted onto the stone. And that's how you picked up your sound. You picked up your radio sounds and you listened with your earphone to it. I have the model over there just to demonstrate it, where she has the earphones on listening to a crystal set. Then we come into the early radios of the 20s. That's an example there of uh, Borden Depths, uh, when they came to Ireland uh, advertising radios. They actually had this up in the shape of a radio on the side of the van, that particular model there.
0: Was this a, uh, an electric one?
1: Pardon? Was This the- this was electric one, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, so they had it up and that would be, there would be an internal speaker with the legs of that which you see on, on the top there, the mahogany speaker mm-hmm. it would have been something like that or that one there or if you had if you were very rich and wealthy you could have a parrot speaker right? Yeah. You would have your radio, uh, which wouldn't be a very nice piece of furniture as in this one here you would hide that under the table. You'd have your wires going up to your parrot on the table, and the parrot did the talking, which they're good <laughs> at anyway. You know. They're rare, rare, rare <coughs> examples now of parrots. Not many of them have existed because yeah. broken so easily. They were made by Royal Doulton, So that's uh, just a couple of examples of them there. There's another speaker there from the 20s. Nice original condition.
0: So those would have been called loudspeakers because the, the earphones w- were soft?
1: Absolutely, the yeah. They, they, were, they, they carried on from there. And of course, you've only got to look at the gramophone to see where they came from because they're copied off the gramophone. Yeah, That's the, the same type of horn or whatever, yeah. same type yeah. of speaker, okay. you know. Uh, so the piece at the bottom of the speaker
0: basically would be like an earphone? And that the speaker was to amplify the sound of the ear
1: absolutely, absolutely yeah that, that, that the the bass at the bottom underneath you connected on your wires to it, yeah and the the speaker to the rest. I have a couple of fine examples of of, of early radio there there's a Marconi that's a Marconi form there you see G Marconi. Is that a portable? There's a handle on it. There, there is a handle on it. <laughs> it, would, <laughs> it wouldn't be a portable as such, but you could certainly move it around. It was a battery set, oh yeah. you know, so you could move it around anywhere. And uh, up here you have uh, the Atwater Kent, a famous American company who made radios. And uh, they, they went out of existence in 1935. Mm. <laughs> so any Atwater Kent is before. Yeah. Did,
0: they, did they have valves in them? Those ones? They were
1: all valves. Anything of that year was all valves. Anything right up until the 50s was valves. You didn't, the transistor era. You wasn't heard of then, you know. There's a fine example of, of radio here, but there's interference from over here, so I'll just have to turn off something over here first. Yes,
0: yeah, right. You see that neon sign?
1: Oh yeah, because of that would generate path. that would, uh He plays hell
0: Yeah. That's a fantastic looking radio, it's absolutely gorgeous. That's the best
1: radio ever, I have. my favourite radio, I have to oh. say. without
0: a doubt.
1: ...that said, the electorate went to the polls, they've made a decision, it's a positive decision, democracy rules okay. The fact is the Vietnam War went on for years and years and years, and this is likely to be i hope it isn't george bush's vietnam war this this week but has he already
0: announced a trip to europe so he's hopefully bringing others on side now to get into policing training and all that isn't he trying to avoid
1: the? And there's no aerial with that from 1935. no aerial no aerial just a little bit of wire on the back of it and it can pick up anywhere in the world did that that, work from the mains yeah that's worked from the mains yeah. I used to have that at home by my bedside, and I picked up anywhere in the world. And you see the, the famous uh, magic eye. The green light comes on. You know. And uh, it, you you see here where the, the light changes for the different wave bands.
0: And I'm saying that what has happened because of what happened in Iraq, we're seeing a totally changing situation in the Middle East, which is going to amazing consequences which we shouldn't lose sight of and this is what the Americans said at the beginning when they went in if they bring democracy if Iraq can prove to be a democratic
1: now so it's a long way from the beginnings of radio
0: to Iraq I see you have some Baker-like radios up here Echo ones
1: I have I have there was a famous round echo of course Uh, that particular them particular models there was only uh, there was only five ever made Five different models of them. Yeah, there was uh, one in nineteen thirty-four. There was uh, two in nineteen thirty-five. One in nineteen forty and one in nineteen forty-five. Dim them, them three on the top there, they were the very collectible ones. There's yeah. two black and one well, brown.
0: Wasn't Bakelite a,
1: a sort of plastic? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It was a plastic. Uh, it was, uh, I suppose, created uh, by a father by the name of Leo Bakeland. Back in the early part of the century in America, I think he was Belgian and uh, he was a a chemist and he worked in America and he was the the founder of Bakelite. But of course Bakelite, uh, it doesn't rust or there's no woodworm in it or whatever, so it's very collectible hence, and particularly the coloured ones, you know. Mm. And uh, black is quite collectible too because it's scarce enough. Yeah. There's another early example of radio, of pie pie radio, that's from uh, 1929. It's uh, an early battery set again, yeah. from 19- but in original condition.
0: I see it has the sunrise. Uh,
1: uh, yes. It, <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the, a lot of the early uh, pies had sunrise, yeah. and of course you probably know what done away with the sunrise. Of course it was uh, yeah. uh, Japan coming into the war. Oh, was the it? second world uh, war. Uh, yeah. Uh, because it's similar to
0: the Japanese flag, yeah?
1: Absolutely, yeah. and it was been known as the land of the rising sun. Yeah. So one sun had to disappear. So it was the Pai one that disappeared. Oh, that's <laughs> sad now, <though>. yeah. <laughs> it is, isn't it, yeah. yeah. But uh, there's plenty of them. Uh, they, they, there, was, there was plenty of them around over the years. Plenty of Pai sunrise. Yeah,
0: I, I see they're doing modern uh, uh, copies of those now. I've seen them in the shops. They look similar to that with, the, uh, uh, with the, the, that sort of pattern on them.
1: With the the sunrise, up there, yeah, Yeah. they
0: have, and they have CDs and tapes and all. But it's made like a sort of seventy-year-old radio set.
1: Yes, yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen that particular sunrise one. I've seen plenty of the others. In fact, I have quite a number of the others because uh, I will buy whatever appeals to me. Yes, yes, modern or old. Yeah, and hence. Although I have a lot of old radios and speakers and whatever, if I see a modern one I like, whatever year, let it be 70s, 80s, I buy it. Yeah. You know, if it suits me. Yeah. You know, and hence that I have radio from over 100 years, as you can see from the Mars up until the present time. Yeah. I have a radio even now only bought for Christmas there.
0: So you would spend uh, your know, sort of you know, all your spare money on this. Yeah, well, on all my hobby.
1: all my life it was my spare money, <clears throat> and I, yeah. I used to sell in the marketplace to raise money. My week, weekends when I wouldn't be working, I would collect up bits of antiques or radios I didn't want, and I'd go to the marketplace out of Black Rock mm. and sell them there, and I'd raise money for. I'd have money then when I saw something I wanted. Mm. You know so that's how I suppose my collection came together. Yeah.
0: Do, you, do, you, do you have this problem that some collectors have of um, you you might have two or three of the same and you find you can't part with one even if though you might be offered a lot of money? For I them. never had
1: that problem. no I never had that problem. I, I, I almost kept the best one and I sold off the rest I see you know and that's how most of them as you can see are in good condition because I, I worked on on whatever one I was keeping and I'd mm. polish it up and whatever.
0: Uh, yeah. Are you uh, into uh, electronics? Would you know how to no, fix the No, I'm not
1: really, no. Yeah, most people can tell you they can fix a radio or whatever, but there's it, it a lot more to it than that, of course, mm. because it is an a, a electrical engineer, really, job. Mm. <laughs> radio because with drops in voltage and all sorts mm. of things, there's all sorts of things that can go wrong with them.
0: So I, I assume you can't get uh, um, the... the um the valves and things anymore.
1: You can get them on, right? Well, you can. Oh, yeah, you can absolutely get them. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of companies in England that do them. Yeah. In particularly, I go normally once a year to the to the exhibition in Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. Then see, there's an exhibition of radios, gramophones, jukeboxes, telephones, all that sort of thing, a couple yeah. of times yeah. a year. I normally go over and have a look around there if I want any spares or whatever. <laughs> I mean, get them there. So, there's no problem in that sort of thing. Well, that's very interesting. There's still a couple of people around the country that do him, mm. that still repair them, mm. mm. you know. <clears throat> there was a man in Drumcondra there in Dublin, Vincent Farrell. He did it for 30 odd years there, 37 or 38 years, but he doesn't do it anymore.
0: Do you find that young people are interested in this, or are they mostly the people who come in to look around for nostalgic reasons?
1: I'll tell you, the young people that are very interested in them, people who come from Japan and the Far East. Yeah, I I find that they have inquiring minds or whatever, and they're asking questions, you know. Mm. I don't find that locally here at all. But I do find it with people from abroad, Mm. particularly the Far East. They have a great interest in technology and whatever.
0: That's interesting. It is, absolutely,
1: absolutely. And you can see the tops in the market in technology, you know. Yeah, yeah. Out in China and Japan and whatever. But I find they're the most inquisitive. They're inquiring all the time, this, that and the other, you know.
0: Yeah. Now this over here
1: is this a tea's made model? It says it, Goblin Time Pot. That's absolutely what it is. That was <laughs> one of the early clock radios. Yeah, that's one of the early clock radios from 1947, and that's a fine example there. Does but that
0: the, make the tea, or does it just wake
1: you up to make? That's it? that's all it does is wake you up. You no, know, <laughs> <laughs> that advanced that come a few years later in the 50s, <laughs> you know. But they they were the cleaning company, and I, I think they still have a factory uh, making uh, cleaners down in Killarney. Yeah. I believe I read there some time earlier in the year.
0: This television you have, Pie television 1948. Yes. Is that the oldest one you have here?
1: Uh yes it is. Mm. That's the oldest one I have. Unfortunately, I I haven't any older than that and of course that was years before we got television in Ireland. Yeah. yeah. If you were lucky enough uh, and and uh, you could pick up the BBC or whatever But yeah. that's, but that's uh, a small neat little one. 8 inch I think it is.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Those would be the 405 line
1: ones. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Them lines are now gone, although yeah. some people uh, use them for showing videos of different things, I believe. Yeah. You can adapt them. Yeah, oh. That's a rare speaker just above it there.
0: Yeah.
1: That's a rare speaker. In fact, very few of them exist. In,
0: in, in, in. It, it says on the notice, a paper cone moving iron loudspeaker. Yes, yes, yes. Um, what, what, why did they use paper in, in the in the
1: loudspeakers? Well, that's the type of paper mache. Yeah, and that was good for for sound. It vibrates. Acoustics, like, I suppose. Mm, it, yeah. It, it, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. What's the sound? But very few of them have survived because, as you see, no, it's ba- I, uh, bakelite and whatever.
0: Yeah, I've never seen anything like that
1: before. No, it's very rare. I'd say it's very rare. Mm. You know. And I read in the book there on, on lights and whatever, that very few of them exist. That how how that on damage. earth did
0: you find that? You just came across it?
1: Well, I actually found it down in, 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 in County Westmead. Yeah? Yeah, I found a the fella there. He had a bit of a collection there, and I found it down there. So, would
0: you, most of the people you find get stuff from now, would they be collectors themselves? Oh, uh, unlikely,
1: because uh, collectors, <laughs> collectors, they don't like to part with stuff. Oh, you yeah, know. yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But they may, like myself, sell off something that yeah. they wouldn't be attached to. Yeah. But if you're attached to something, you wouldn't expect to buy anything off a collector like that. Have you ever uh, gone
0: round <laughs> knocking on old ladies' doors? No,
1: no, I've never did that. Yeah. But I made contact to the market in Blackrock. Yeah. With people like that yeah. would come in and say, oh, "I have a radio like that. It mightn't be like it at all." Oh yes. But yeah. it's always worth a look. Yes, yeah, it was always yeah, worth a yeah. look, and I picked up a few like that. Yeah. In fact, somebody brought that little one in there, that yeah. transistor in there to me in Blackrock one there.
0: Do you have any, ever have anybody say, No, oh, I've got something like that and it's worth thousands of pounds? Oh, uh,
1: regularly, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Anybody that has anything, I suppose with all the antique programs and whatever on television now, every, every, anybody that has something is very valuable, mm. you know. <laughs> but <laughs> times when they're told uh, the price of it, <laughs> But that's the way life is, isn't it? You know? Yeah, yeah. We all like to think we have something valuable. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know? Now, we'll just have a look over here now. Th- this uh, television here, nine- oh, that's 1950s? 1950s, yeah. Is that Bakelite? That's no? Bakelite,
1: yeah, and that's a very collectible little fella, as you can yeah, see. Yeah, You could put him on any part of the it's house. A,
0: it's very attractive looking. It is a
1: very attractive looking yeah. looking, yeah. And again, the small eight-inch screen on it, yeah. you know? Yeah which was the, the, the size at the time. Yeah. The size at the time of the television or whatever. Yeah. You've got to down to the smaller radios here.
0: Yeah.
1: Which uh, were the 1950s. Were these yeah.
0: the first transistors, these? Uh, no. No?
1: No. Some of them are. But uh, those ones here are all valve sets. Yeah. That's an American Emerson down there. Again, from about nineteen fifty. Or the brown one, yeah? <coughs> yes. Oh. That's an American Emerson yeah this one here was colston broads did this one and that was known as the toaster
0: oh yeah it looks
1: like and you can see why remember
0: the kb we had a kb radio when i was young uh k K, it was colston broads yeah yeah. they were a german firm i think
1: yes 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 Yeah, but as I said, that was known as the toaster, and it is the coloured baker light, you see. Yeah. That's yeah. what uh, a lot of people are interested in, the coloured ones.
0: Oh, yeah, I've never seen red baker light
1: before. No, now. no, no, no. There's another yeah. one down the bottom there, region yeah. tone, yeah. down the bottom. That is. And this one here, now that's the beginning, you're coming into the transistor there now. Yeah. That's the early transistor there. And that used to be known as the lady's handbag. It was described in the, uh, in the books the advertising, mm. as a lady's handbag. Yeah, yeah. So that was the stage where a lady, when she went out for the evening, rather than having her bag, she had her transistor, mm. or whether she went to the seaside or whatever. Mm. So this was a colourful one again, as you see. It.
0: it sort of dates from the early days of rock and roll. By absolutely,
1: the yeah. absolutely, yeah. That's where it comes from, yeah. Mm. So it was fashionable to go with your transistor in your arm rather than having a bag, carrying a bag around, you know. So that's the beginning of the transistor era there, really. yeah. You know, and you have seen all sorts of bits and pieces from that era. There's another lovely little one there. Hale Electric made it. I see you have lots of old batteries here, uh,
0: the, the dry batteries. Yes, yes. Yeah. Do you, do you, not, not as
1: many as I'd yeah. like, I yeah. might add. Not yeah. as many as I'd like. They're difficult enough to get. Yeah, yeah. That's one there now from 1930. Never well, really. I remember
0: those ones now. They used to have them in the radios, and you put... Like a, the, you put the the uh, the plug in one, and then you moved it to another. That's one. Right? Right. To yeah,
1: that's right. That's absolutely right. Your 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 yeah. memory goes back a long yeah. way.
0: Yeah,
1: That's right. Well, that, excuse me, that was from a nineteen thirty. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Radio, which I have downstairs. Yeah. How do how
0: do you, how do these batteries? Uh, how do you? Uh, st- don't they ever sort of leak? You know how they get like green stuff and such. Sort of oh, they do, leaks. and, and
1: they would destroy a radio yeah. if you left them. Yeah. Once they're past their sell-by yeah, day, yeah, of course, yeah. they'd leak, yeah. yeah. And destroy a set and destroy yeah. a lot of yeah. things, you know. But they, <clears> they
0: would be okay once they're not in a radio and once they're not fixed. Oh, up.
1: absolutely, yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the wet battery there. Oh, I remember those. That yeah. held the acid. The accumulator. And The accumulator yeah, is right, right. Yeah. absolutely, yeah.
0: You had to bring them to get them charged up, didn't you? Oh, you it?
1: did indeed, yes. To indeed. the hardware shop. As I explained to you earlier, down my part mm-hmm. of the country, we wouldn't be allowed to cycle to town with it. You'd have to walk three miles. Mm-hmm yeah so the, the nearest electricity was in our local town mm. so we'd have to walk three miles to the town with the battery to get it yeah. charged yeah and go back then later on and pick it up and mm. carry well, it home why again. did
0: there have to be two batteries i used to wonder is there any special reason there was There's a dry battery and a wet battery I,
1: I i i don't exactly know that but that was the makeup of them it was wet and dry yeah, I think the wet used to have to be done about every week, didn't it? Absolutely, yeah. depending on how often it was used. Yeah, yeah, And that's why people would only use it for football or news, mm-hmm. you know, because it was a precious thing yeah. not to be abused, not to be used and abused, mm-hmm. but just to be kept in the corner there. You had the news when you wanted for so yeah. the football or whatever, you know. And a lot of people then would have got two wet batteries. Yeah. So yeah. while one was getting charged, they had the other one oh, spare. at home on the set. They had a spare, yeah. Like the gas bottle. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. If you see, see any of the early pictures, even up to the 70s and 80s, yeah, um, with the islanders going across to the islands, mm-hmm. you would see them. the battery would be one of the things they'd have, and they'd have a wooden case around it to yeah. protect it. They'd yeah. have it brought to the mainland to get yeah. it charged, yeah. Yeah. and they'd be bringing it across to the island. Uh,
0: what would be in them? Is it some sort of acid? Acid, acid yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, there's a fine example over there of a large one. I'm now yeah. I now use it as a flower vase. Yeah. Oh, this one here, yeah. This one. yeah. That one, oh, yeah. There acid level, yeah. I cleaned it all out, and it's from the 1920s, and it makes a beautiful flower vase. Look at the lovely yeah. green glass in it, and it's so, so, so thick. It's ideal for a flower vase now.
0: What sort of would that been used in trains or something? That battery. So obviously not for a radio.
1: No, no, it, w- it would be used for transmitting or whatever. Oh, yes. You know, yeah. transmitting stations yeah. or whatever, you know. Yeah. But it's a fine example of a battery because of the size of it. Yeah. You can see the glass still as good as the day it was.
0: Is this, is this a, a a crystal radio over here now? This one? And that's
1: a crystal set there now, yeah. That's a crystal set. That's the early, early crystal, and it's demonstra- the models demonstrating the earphones there. Yeah. And the crystals went in there. You put the crystals in there, and you see that little wire, the wires there, yeah, yeah. that tickled the crystal. Yeah. That was known as tickling the crystal. Yeah. That that little wire was known as the cat's whisker, and he tickled the crystal stone, yeah. and that brought, picked up your sound. Yeah. I, yeah.
0: I used to make them when I was young, uh, with a piece of galena, I think it's. Yes, like absolutely,
1: yeah. galena. Yeah. Somebody was yeah. telling me the other week here that um, he remembers, like you, making the, the crystal sets um, down the country, and... Uh, he used to have to wait for the blue stone. You remember the blue oh, stone yeah, for, for spraying the, the potatoes? potatoes. Yeah, yeah. So that's what he used to make the galena out of, the blue stone. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it was ideal for the crystal yeah. set. I didn't know yeah. that previously, but yeah. you learned something. I, I, I
0: found a, a very good source for that stuff now. Um, uh, when I used to be a teacher, uh, one of the boys in the class told me his father worked in the Tyra mines, ah, in yes. the zinc mines. <coughs> and uh, I asked him, could he get me some? And he came up home with two large chunks of... Uh, yes, yes. the ore, and it was perfect for the... Right, it was, the of the course, yes, one. yes, yeah. yeah.
1: Fantastic. You, you could probably see over there in the case, I have some large lumps of it there. Yeah, yeah. You see them yeah, there. Yeah, it
0: looks like lumps of silver. That's right, absolutely right, absolutely right. Now, look, let's... let's
1: um, this here is known as the cottage radio, and you can see why. Yeah. It's in the shape of a cottage. Mm. They've come in all shapes and sizes, really. That's in the shape of a cottage. This the particular one here I only bought for Christmas... What, this year? <laughs> this year. Oh, yes. <laughs> as you can see, it's a Christmassy thing. Yeah. yeah. But a, a lovely little thing. it's a bit it's, uh, like
0: the ones I was saying about that. They make them look in old now. Yes,
1: Yeah. absolutely. And there's another one here, as you can see. That's a lovely one made by the Germans out in Holland. Is that Kong. a modern one? It is a modern that's one, yes. That's lovely. And that's a reproduction from a 1935. Yeah. You know, where, where did you get that one? I got that one in, in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. I got that one in Birmingham. A fella from Cheltenham, he actually imported them from Hong what, Kong. Was that expensive? That was about uh, £70 sterling, yeah. but it plays a, a tape in the back as well. It's beautiful. It's from the 1990s. It's really going into the, going into the 21st century, something so, different. So
0: if I went over to Birmingham, I could probably buy one of these now.
1: Maybe not. No? You see, what happens with these things, they come out for a year or two. And then it goes on to something else, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you you could be lucky enough somebody come in with a second-hand one there and buy it or whatever. But they only last for a couple of years. It's very it? attractive, looking. It is a lovely thing, yeah. It's a lovely little
0: radio. I see. I see here you have um, the uh, needles, the songster
1: needles. Yes, yes, yes. Another craze of mine collecting the needle tents you know. Mm. But I suppose when you're into one part of of radio or gramophone at all, you're into all sides of it. And there's some very... The smaller models are here, you see. A kiddie's models or children's models. <laughs> them are... well uh, the, These gramophones here? Children? Yes. Them are children's models. Oh, they're toy ones, They're yeah. toy ones, yeah. Not exactly toys because they can play, yeah, you know. Yeah. That's one, there's a German biscuit box model there. Yeah. From the 1930s. You have a, a 1920s here. That's 1926. Yeah. That one there. That was a pocket gramophone. That was a Mickey phone. You were... And you, it actually all yeah. folded up yeah. and it went into that silver case yeah. and you could take it along in your pocket.
0: I'm th- going to guess that those little um, pyramid-shaped things are supposed to be for sharpening needles. You put them under the pyramid and it sharpens it. No. No? No. They used to no. do that with razor blades. <laughs> they did,
1: yes. <laughs> yes,
0: no. Is that the, not, not what they No, thought?
1: no. They're pyramid needle tins, all right. Oh, yeah. they had no other function. They were just tins? Yes. Yeah. But there's a sharpener in there, if you can see it. Uh, the lid is it at the moment. Oh, yeah? That's that's for sharpening needles. Mm. I see, yeah. You put yeah. them into that and you turn them around there. Yeah. That's the needle sharpener. And, of course, there's uh, record mm. cleaners there as well. Yeah, What what's the oldest record you have here now? The oldest record I have, well, uh, oh, I'd say certainly going back to the uh, 1890s, early 1900s. I have some you see John McCormick one-sided yeah. there.
0: Oh one-sided record.
1: Yes, the a one-sided record there. Mm-hmm. you can at the back of them, if you can look in at the back of them, it's just the one side on them. And there's McCormick himself there. you know oh, yeah, yeah. and the seventy eights, of course, they all come in different sizes yeah. <coughs> theres There's various sizes of records, from down to about a two inch up to 16 18 inch, you know but I demonstrated some of them up on the wall there. And a lot of people think that they only come in the one size, but they actually come in loads of sizes. I remember I once had one about that size, a two-inch one, and I don't know where it's, what's happened to it now. I have one at home, actually. The King's Speech was on a two-inch mm. one. Yeah? Yeah. And that, that's a 12-inch now. That's an unusual size as well there. Yeah, yeah. And that's actually... You'd remember her, no doubt. Yeah. Dame Nellie Melba. Oh, yes, Dame Nelly Melba, yeah. Dame Nelly Melba. Well, you see, Dame Nelly has signed that there. Yeah. You see, Nellie Melba.
0: Is that her actual signature?
1: I believe so, yeah. 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 I believe so. Yeah. yeah. You know, and of course, she's, most people remember her for the ice cream. Yeah, yeah. Peach Melba. Peach Melba, you know? yeah. That was named after us. Yeah, think. absolutely yeah. named yeah. after. Lucia de Lamango. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I once had a, one of those records, it was 80, 80 revs per minute, not 78. That's
1: right, they're on the 80s, all yeah. right. Yeah. The yeah. earlier ones yeah, were yeah. on the 80s. Yes. Yeah. I have a rare enough one up here. of, of That's John McCormick at the opening of Liverpool Cathedral. Oh, wow. The old cathedral in yeah. Liverpool. And it's a pictorial disc, which yeah. is rare.
0: Who's that on it with? It? That's it the Archb-
1: Archbishop of Liverpool. Oh, yeah. Archbishop of Liverpool yeah. and Christ the King him plays on it yeah that's a rare enough disc yeah that's a rare enough disc yeah, and a, have, yeah. a rare item at the back there as you see yeah. the old refrain oh and it was sent to my dear friend John McCormick from Fritz Kreisler yeah you see to my dear friend John McCormick oh the gosh. old refrain yeah popular Viennese song yeah you know arranged by Fritz Kreisler that's that's uh, something rare as well the odd bits and pieces,
0: you know. Yeah. This here, what's this here? The v- Via Garibaldi. That's, that's a
1: letter from Marconi. Wrote, yeah. uh, he, 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 he wrote that to the Dublin Express and Mail in Parliament Street in 1919. There's a larger copy of it downstairs. Yeah. But that's a letter he wrote there, thanking them for their interest in radio and whatever. Very good, you know? yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The advertisements up here. Sorry, the advertisements up yeah, here yeah. which are my favourites really I love the old advertisements you have off uh, we can fuss there the telephone, telephone the public telephone one you have Philco radio and television for happy hours that's the Irish radio journal up there that's the that's the uh, opening of 2RN in 1926 that's the official programme which I've got blown up there in an advertising. Yeah. <laughs> Dublin wireless and gramophone exhibition from the 30s there at the Mansion House. Yeah. And if you noticed, then it was on for six days, I think, October the 26th to November the 1st. So yeah. that was a long time for an exhibition to be on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, So there was obviously tremendous interest in it. And 11am to 10pm. Yeah. And a shilling admission. You know. Yeah. <laughs> then you have the Columbia uh, records, advertising, and then you have pilot radio. That's Audrey Hepburn. Is it the famous film yeah. star in her youth? <laughs> she's advertising pilot radio yeah. there. Yeah. Them are all official, official. Uh, of
0: course she's on a boat. Supposed to be a pilot.
1: Absolutely uh, piloting the boat, you know? Yeah. And uh, of course the pilot as you heard earlier, they're a famous radio. Yeah. Great, uh, great radio, great sound of them. The other I have over there, um, the other advertisement there is a holiday bus, <laughs> which probably has no place there among the radio stuff. Well, but the I old Sharabang. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, that was actually, uh, I couldn't know where it was parked outside of. Mm-hmm. So I had a priest over here one day from Lancashire. And he, he was very interested in the collection. He said that, and I have a week's holidays here. I'll find out where that was. So I said, good man. So I went into the the the, the museum in town anyway. And he found it was actually uh, Sackville Street, which oh, is now O'Connell Street. Yeah, yeah. And it's between twenty nineteen twenty one and 1926. And it's number eight there, yeah. upper, upper Sackville Street, yeah. which I didn't know at the time, actually. O'Connell Street or Sackville Street, as it was known, then starts in the middle. Yeah. So there's upper and lower, but the numbers start from the middle. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So that would be on the... the uh the Gresham Hotel. Uh, so that's
1: right, that's vintage. right, yeah. That was upper. Yeah. Yeah. So I tried to find the spot in there, but I couldn't find it. <laughs>
0: you, you call yourself the, the old hurdy-gurdy Museum of Vintage Radio. Yes, right? I and suppose... A photograph I, of a hurdy-gurdy here. Do I, I, you have a hurdy-gurdy? Here? No.
1: I suppose you wonder why I called her that, do you? I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> of course, there's a reason behind everything. In the early days of radio... Yeah. Sean Lamas who later became Tisha was minister in the government. So he went into Henry Street to inspect the radio station, or the wireless station, whatever you want to call it. And I suppose for want of a better name, he he I suppose a lot of anything unusual then was kind of called a hurdy mm-hmm. You know. So he went into the station anyway and he asked the manager of the station, how was the hordigordy going? meaning the radio station. Mm-hmm. It was part radio and part wind-up gramophone, yeah. you see? Yeah, And I suppose the nearest thing he could think of, I said, how's the Hurdy-Gurdy going? So that's where I got my name from, the Hurdy-Gurdy. And of course, researching in a sense, I, I realized that it was a, <clears throat> it was a famous musical instrument here going back 200 years ago. Mm. I have a friend down in Clontath, uh, Dr. Bozang. Who 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 did it, has done a lot of research into music or whatever? A music teacher all her life, and uh, she wrote a book back in the sixties about the ancient music of Ireland or whatever. And in it, anyway, when I was reading through it, I found there was a music shop in Cork, and uh, they had three types of musical instruments in there. One was a harpsichord, one was a guitar of that time, and the other was a hurdy gurdy. And uh, the man who owned the shop, he could play all three there for a demonstrator for anybody who came yeah. in. Mm-hmm. So they were selling hurdy gurdies in Cork 200 years ago. So
0: It's a very old instrument.
1: It's an old instrument. And a couple of years ago, I was in Brittany on holidays in northern France, and I was reading about uh, there was only about 12 hurdy gurdy players left in France. Mm. And lo and behold, uh, we, were, we were staying in a place called Dignon. I went up the high street anyway at lunchtime, and there did I see a guy playing the hurdy-gurdy. Made my day. Needless to say, I didn't have my camera with me, so I got no picture. Yeah. But I have the music in my memory. Yeah, I've you seen know. them
0: playing the hurdy-gurdy. Have you? That's the
1: only time ever now I've saw one. Yeah. You call know, them v- v- is there. That's right, that's right, yeah. yeah. I, I gathered at one on Collins' barracks, yeah. but I haven't got a chance to get up to see oh. it yet. I've been there, but I didn't see the hurdy-gurdy. Yeah. But I gather there is one there. So I got a picture of one. My son-in-law got a picture of one, and that's why I have it so on some of, some of my the name. advertising I there. Did I took one of these? No, well. not at all, not at all.
0: I have all the information. Yes, it? of course. Could we just go round here and just have a look at these gramophones? These ones round here. These are like the ones I used to have. gramophones, yeah. Interesting yeah. Well, they have I had 14 like that one. They were the ones that were thrown out down down the table. Yeah, it's an awful pity.
1: I'll I'll just show you something here before I play you a gramophone. These are the the lovely
0: wooden ones, beautiful cabinets.
1: Have you ever seen a record like that? No. I have
0: not. I'd like to find the guy that wrote the Stein song. The Savoy Plaza Band. Yeah. That's the Savoy Hotel, I presume.
1: And it's easy dating, because that one, the date is on in 1931. Oh, wow. Well.
0: voice it's and words of Pope Pius XI in Latin, from a broadcast by His Holiness from Vatican City, February the 12th, 1931. Would it be possible to hear that? Is oh, it, absolutely not.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Oh, great. Players
0: on, right? Would he's, you like what he's one Pope I've never heard. Would you heard. like
1: to hear him in Latin or English?
0: Um... We'll have them in Latin. (laughs) We'll have a bit of Latin and a bit of English then. (laughs) I hope this is going to work now. It's going up and down. (laughs) Now we're going to hear Pope Pius XI speaking in English. He was the Pope at the time of the uh, Congress, wasn't he? The Eucharistic Congress.
1: Yes. Hmm.
0: the following is a translation of the message of the colonists for Pius XI, as recorded on the other side of this record. Having in God's mysterious design become the successor of the Prince of the Apostles, those apostles whose doctrine and preaching were, by divine command, destined for all nations and for all preachers, and being the first of the Pope to make use of this truly wonderful Marco.
1: Is that playing that's, a bit fast? That's just somebody... That, that's just somebody <laughs> translating it in English. Oh, I see. <laughs> You're not getting the original
0: translation. So we didn't get the real <laughs> well, Pope there. Yeah. You did on the other side. Yeah, yeah. yeah in actual
1: fact, uh, Pat, I can actually slow that down anyway. Pardon? I can oh, you? I, there's oh, yeah. no bother slowing the thing down itself. Yeah. But I just want to... Um, this is another one of the same era, but... You know, great quality. no matter where
0: go, all I
1: hear on radio is <laughs> Oh, I hate melody. can get my around that big neck, i i If I
0: can find guy the
1: not bad, is it? No. You know, and actually, dim records you kind of damage them with a needle. No. Whatever they're made of, I re- I yeah. read it on the on the. They the... like very thin plastic. Aren't absolutely, they? yeah, absolutely. And they're they're flexible as well. And then, of course, you have and the. Of course, sm- the seventy-eights weren't flexible. You've you had the smaller ones here, then mm. like that, yeah, which the that was for uh, uh, They'd be advertising a bigger record in some cases, yeah, yeah. or sometimes they were for the sweethearts. Uh, right of the war, the soldiers in the yeah. war sent them home to their sweethearts and yeah. they played them on the radio, you know. Ah. This particular one here was a kiddies record. I'll just play a little bit of it for you.
0: the <laughs> the he wasn't as a dainty dish the king. The king was in the counting house, counting out his money. Two and two, that's four. Three and two, that's five. Two and six, and let me see. A half
1: of that. The queen was in the parlor, eating bread and honey. I think
0: I'll have five more slices,
1: please. The maid was in the garden, hanging up oh, the bird. Over came a black bird. And snakes off her nose. I don't think any of the children today know what a half a crown was. No, there wouldn't be would much not, respect no. for it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I play one of the larger ones for oh you? Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: This is one with a, a large horn on it. Pardon? His master's voice gramophone, early 1900s. You don't see many of these ones now anymore with the horns on.
1: No, no, not original anyway. No. No. and this, this particular one here is a, a, a early 1900s gramophone, yeah. but with a 1960s record on it. See if you'll recognise the singer. all oh, right. I've been travelling over mines, Even the valleys I've been travelling
0: all away, baby, to get you. Sublime to the ridiculous. Absolutely,
1: <laughs> absolutely, yeah. There's a, an oak horn gramophone, that's an early one. That uh, One similar to that was presented to Captain Scott when he went to the Antarctic. It's an oak horn. So this is the sort he would have played when he was in the Antarctic. That's, that's what he took yeah. to the Antarctic with him. It was yeah. presented to him by the gramophone company. Oh, yeah. And you have a picture there taken out in Antarctica in 1911. Oh,
0: with, with, the, with
1: the dog, With yeah. the husky dog rather than the HMV dog. Yeah. So the husky is looking at it. And you oh, can, I
0: see, yeah. You <laughs>
1: can see it's yeah. Captain Scott's gramophone exhibition written on the yeah. boxes. Yeah, well, that was taken out there. So that's an unusual one. Is this a wooden horn on no, this one? a wooden one. horn, yeah. an oak horn, yeah, absolutely. Oh. Yeah,
0: that must have taken some work making that thing.
1: Yes, yes, of course, absolutely. And more. It's built like a barrel with staves. Yeah. That's right, absolutely. Well, you, of course, you had tin, or you had, you had the wooden, or you had the, like the, the, the brass one here. Yeah. You know, there's different types of horns. Yeah. But the wooden ones are the most unusual now. Yeah. Tell me, where do you get the needles from nowadays? Do they still make them? Well, they still make needles, yes. There's plenty of needles to be got. Mm. you know pete's and parnell street normally uh up until recently anyway had needles yeah yeah mm. they had needles in there you know yeah. so that, that, yeah thousands of needles been made all the time yeah but uh, the original boxes are harder to come by mm. as you can see i have quite a lot of them there Yeah. The little tins there yeah. and i thought i had a, i thought i had a great collection of needle tins i probably mm. got four or five hundred yeah. and i thought i had a great collection until i was in birmingham a couple of years ago and for the millennium for the 2000 millennium a museum in germany brought out a calendar i'll just show it to you can find a place to You have one for every day in the year. Oh, most beautiful tins of all shapes and oh, sizes. Very, very nice. Mm. They're from a museum in Germany. Yeah, and every one of them, every one of them tins was made in Germany over the space of fifty or sixty years. Yeah, the
0: the, the work put into design in those days was incredible. Absolutely. When you think of the modern a great design. Jumping
1: through, I hope, I mean, yeah. Absolutely. A, a, a work, little works of art. Yeah, they and are, yeah. Birds and whatever. Marksman, needles and...
0: There was a lot of pride. People Mar- took a there's, a there's a
1: Marconi a, one. Are oh you? Yeah? There's oh a Marconi, Marconi one. Marconi and you know. Adele, yeah. Yeah. There's a Napoleon one there.
0: Napoleon, yeah. yeah.
1: There's all sorts of... all sorts of names, everything. Shapes and sizes of all kind. Birds and animals and people yes another world fascinating absolutely absolutely yeah. some of the signs you see there like the Murphy television and radio they are linen signs from Northern Ireland because Northern Ireland was the home of linen yeah so uh, you can see the Murphy television and radio there and yeah. you can see the Phillips one here yeah they would be draped over the road at the car races up there the oh, motor- yeah. motorbike races
0: advertising Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes one of my know is in Newton Rs in the 30s yeah. That's the HMV sign there, his master's voice. It's just, it's the, that's the real his master's voice dog, as distinct from the husky. Yeah, yeah. That's an early one, two turn of the century, you can see by the yeah, gramophone. Yeah, I
0: remember he was called Nipper.
1: Absolutely Nipper, he was, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Nipper, all right, yeah. Yeah, yeah story of Nipper. Yeah. That sign there, that's duty-free, high duty-free radio. I gather that was when, when uh, pie originally which we we're looking at, at earlier over there, the Pious Sunrise on that, they were imported in from Cambridge in England. They were made in Cambridge. Yeah. But in later years, uh, I suppose there was duty paid on them at that stage. So then they started to manufacture them out in Dundrum. They built a factory in Dundrum. Yeah. And they were manufactured out there. So I suppose that's hence the duty free comes from there. They were paying no duty on them anymore Yeah. because they were assembled here. Yeah. So that actually hung in a shop in Mullingar for 50 oh, years. So once they were assembled
0: here, they didn't pay the duty on them. I
1: get that, that's the story with them. Yeah. I get that, that's the story. Yeah.
0: There's, d- there's dry decks batteries there now. Yes. They were the other side of X side. There was X side and dry decks. That's absolutely right, right there,
1: yeah. you're quite right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There was a, television became larger than there in the 60s. Oh, yeah. and you had a larger screen, Yeah. you know, larger screen. And that's the Atwater Kent... Floor model there again from the thirties. Is that is that a, a television? Radio. Oh, a radio. That's a radio, sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a radio. Yeah. You want to have a look downstairs? Oh yes, please, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I'm on the way down here. You might recognise some of those characters here. Just minute, though. No, 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 no. Okay, that's just, just
0: sorry. Yeah, it's okay. I was about to come up with an expletive then, but... <laughs> Luckily, I, I didn't.
1: Just have a look here, Kevin, i yeah. I recognise some of the characters.
0: Radio round the clock. Characters. That's uh, the Goons, isn't it? Is it? No? No, oh, no.
1: that's Irish
0: Goons. Oh, see, yeah, Hal Roach, of course, yeah, Frank Kelly. God, oh, That's a very young Frank Kelly there. Isn't he?
1: Is he younger, John
0: Bowman? Yeah. John Bowman presents the Sunday morning series, Yesterdays, which features material from the RTE archives. Radio all round the clock.
1: He's still at it. He is. Bernadette Gravy, of course.
0: Oh yes, the singer, yeah.
1: Yes, Danico uh,
0: This dates from the early 60s, I pre- presume, this. Yes,
1: set. yes, absolutely, okay, yeah. yeah. You have the Kennedys at Castle Ross now. Oh yeah. Oh, there's Mary Keane there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Bunny Carr. Yeah. Over on the corner. Oh yeah. Yes, it's this colourful thing. I kept that from back in those days, yeah. never thinking I'd have put it up in a museum.
0: Whatever. Tressa Davidson, she does playback now.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. 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 There's, yeah. Uh, there's a guy here from out on Rings End. He used to be a singer.
0: Yeah. But they're all on there.
1: Yeah, they're all on there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Donna Dueling. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Faces and places. That's a uh, wireless dealers here. Yes, yeah. one. Sign of the Wireless Dealers Association. You had to have one of those up in your shop before oh, yeah. you could sell radios at one time.
0: Yeah.
1: You have the original one in there in the case. Yeah. That's that's Marconi now, and that's the. The machine again, we were talking about earlier yeah, from Newfoundland. That's the picture of the broadcast.
0: That's
1: like a ticker tape, he's got absolutely ticker tape. It is absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. was printed.
0: I'm just going outside just for one second. It
1: was printed out on that, you know. Yeah. That's the radio detection there. Is these the
0: fellas catching the people with, it, with no license? That's quite
1: possible, that's quite possible. <laughs> <laughs> Detecting oh, radio signals was the name of it anyway. Oh yeah.
0: yeah. Well, it might have been, I uh, know oh it would have been for the no license uh, people.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. You'd,
0: you'd have to be sending out a signal, wouldn't you? Absolutely,
1: absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they're in their working gear. I have a few on on advertising bags up there. You see Cleary's there. Just to supply records.
0: Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. All the leading gramophones and records supplied,
1: Cleary's. They survived, of course, because yeah. there was records in them when I got them. Yeah, yeah. And I kept them. McHugh himself. Yeah. And McHugh himself, I don't know whether you remember him or not. He used to oh, be I in, do, I remember
0: McHugh himself. In,
1: in Talbot Street. Yeah. But what I didn't know until recently sorry, sorry. Yeah. was that uh, in 1926, when Two War was opened, yeah. he actually had a shop in Henry Street. Yeah. But I never realised that, but I see it in some advertising. Yeah. When he had the shop on Henry Street.
0: Yes, the radio we, we were talking about before with the, sun the S- sunrise. Sunrise and yeah. Switzerland,
1: those in yeah. Grafton Street. Again, back in the days. You have Eamon Andrews there on your left hand side. Oh, yeah? Eamon Advertising GEC radio. Yeah. You know, 60 guineas, that was a lot of
0: money <clears> then. That was a lot it? of money then,
1: wasn't it? In the yeah. 1960s, yeah. John McCormick there, advertising for Victorola.
0: Yeah.
1: Victorola. That was the tower here, and Marconi had a station here about the early 1900s. That's the yeah, area. Yeah. So this is called Balscadden here where we are yeah, now. Yeah, Hotel. that's the Marconi station. Yeah. That was the old hotel around there at the back at the time. So we're,
0: we're now actually in the Marconi station from those times, absolutely, this building.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And there's Jimmy O'D. Oh, yeah. His master's voice records, made in era, manufactured in Walden. Records of the time manufactured in Waterford, 1938. 1938. You have the Dubliners here. You have the Dubliners Hi. here. A drop of the hard stuff. drop of the hard stuff. I had Bar- Barney lives down the road here. I had him in here a yeah, few He's weeks a banjo ago. player. Yes, 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 yes. yes. He's a fisherman, I think, isn't he? Or he used Pardon? to be. He used to be a fisherman, didn't he? <laughs> no, I think he did. He had great interest in boats, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a, 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 a picture of the machine from the early radio station down in Clifton. Oh yeah. There was an early station, a radio yeah. station in Ireland, down in Clifton, yeah. where Marconi sent the Marconi grounds across to Newfoundland and whatever. Yeah. And that was one of the apparatuses that was used in there. Yeah. Of course, that was important uh, to the ground, or very close to the ground and in the in the war. That an putting into it. There's a share certificate for the Marco Company. That's right, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Them are the ones now that uh, the members of Parliament I told you about earlier would have bought. Oh, because of conflict of interest? They yes, yes, in the year. originals are up in the case there. Yeah.
0: You know? I wonder if they would they have done that here.
1: <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> the
0: conflict of interest. Are oh,
1: yes, yes. because the, the, the manager of the yeah. stock exchange in Dublin was involved in it as well. Was he? In the report. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, mm. yeah. <coughs> absolutely. Oh, they... they was so the
0: brown envelopes isn't a new phenomenon? Oh,
1: not at all. Absolutely no. not. But you see, and I suppose, I'll i i, I, I sh- I'll show you, I have a rare <laughs> item here. Yeah. I have a rare item here uh, um, that they gave receipts for at that time. Yeah. That's a Fianna Fáil receipt for money. Yeah. For a shilling. For a shilling, yeah. In 1929. Yeah. No. So. So they can't get receipts now at all, of course, for 10000 if You don't then? give receipts no, anymore? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> and signed by De Valera and two more.
0: Jeez, that's great. Signed yeah, by De Valera.
1: A, yeah. I, I tell people it's a very rare item, Good a receipt job, from you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is, a, I have a little bit of history in this case, more than radio. Yeah. A yeah. little bit of history. That's the original journal from or the. the from, from yeah, from nineteen twenty-six. That was the opening day. Yeah, of the opening night of Irish radio. Yeah, that's the original journal, January second, nineteen twenty-six. Yes, that's it. Wow, that's it. That's um, that's the radio license. There we referred to earlier. Oh yeah, <coughs> twelve and sixpence. Yeah. Of course, when it came out first, when radio started in Ireland first, they levied they levied, uh, uh, they levied uh, a, sh- uh, a pound for the license. You know, and it was only uh, ten shillings in England, mm. so the people objected to it, and particularly they had a, a, a member of Parliament at the time, or a, a TD down in uh, Glasnevin, and uh, he took a lot of signatures in, and he got it reduced anyway. I think to, to twelve and six or ten shillings or whatever.
0: I see. You have Beltona records. I remember them from the nineteen fifties. Yeah. Well, them are historical ones now.
1: If you look at them, oh, yeah. they're historical ones. Yeah,
0: Thomas McDonough's court martial speech, yes. nineteen sixteen, yes, by Paul Farrell.
1: That's right. Yeah. So that that was uh, 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 Thomas McDonough's, as you say, court martial speech. Yeah. And he was yeah. one of the guys. In fact, he has a history with Hoth here, because when Erskine Childers ran the guns into Hoth in nineteen fourteen, he was one of the people that carried the guns into Dublin from here, Thomas McDonough. So he was involved in the rising. That's the uh, Pollock Pierce's Graveside Oration at the grave of O'Donovan Rossa. That one. Oh, yeah. And, uh, rare enough now. How old would that record be, about I maybe? I'll tell you that.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd say it's probably 70 or 80 years of age now.
1: It is, yes, absolutely. I'd say it's 20s or 30s, anyway. Yes. And this is de Valera's famous speech here. The Maidens at the Crossroads, which he doesn't refer to. This
0: one here? Yeah. yeah. It's the original yeah. recording.
1: Yes, I'll play it for you later on if you want to. Yes, please, yeah. You know, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, an early picture plate of Michael Collins, 1920. Yeah. yeah. That's lovely, that. Well, it's, it's all part of our history.
0: Yeah.
1: And, of course, there's de Valera's original cabinet there. Here, you yeah. Where, is that nineteen nineteen or was that be th- thirty twenty? Thirty two. No, 32. he he didn't uh, he didn't get into power until nineteen thirty two. it was it? Yeah, yeah. That's you see the, this collection was before he got into power. That was in nineteen. Them shillings probably got him in there. Oh. Them is the, the shillings from the collection nineteen twenty nine, but yeah, thirty two I think he, they got into power first. The Valera's cabinet, and there's the constitution there done on Pete. Pete. It's written on Pete. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah, it's a, a three dimensional um, depiction of the Easter Proclamation of the Irish Republic and a picture of the Ku Klux statue with the, right. the raven on his shoulder.
1: It's carved out of the piece, as you can see. Yes, yeah, very nice. I have some more pictures at home that like I want to put in there, more part of old history. I have actually a cast iron plaque of John Redmond, yeah. who proceeds this time. And I have a friend whose grandfather actually collected money over in Newcastle-on-Tyne in in England where he had a little shop. And hopefully I'm going to get the original uh, uh, documentation where he invited Redmond over there to speak so that he could do a collection for the, the, the early part of our history, if you like, or the formation of it. What you have here, there, uh, I suppose, uh, it goes back even further. That's a chronological history of radio. And that's communications old and new. Yeah. The history of radio, if you like, the research that went into it dated back to the 16th century, 1600. And it started off, if you look upon the extreme right, you'll see a shepherd in a cave and the feral on his stick stuck to the rock and that was the beginning of magnetism or electricity as we know it now so it's actually all evolved down from there up to Marconi's time well we look on Marconi as being the father of radio there was hundreds and hundreds of other people that did experimentation that brought it to that stage and I try to list them all there Not them all, but certainly.
0: Yeah, I see it starts in 1600 here with Dr. William Gilbert, physician to Queen Elizabeth and scientist, invented the electroscope consisting of a straw which was pivoted like a compass needle and which indicated the approach of a charged body. Disproved many myths and compiled a list of materials which could be electrified by rubbing. He coined the word electric from the Greek root for amber, Mm -hmm. electrum. He conceived the earth as a huge magnet with magnetic poles and a field of magnetic force about it, thus laying a positive foundation for many scientific discoveries to come later. I never knew about that man.